On this episode, I talk with writer, director, and actor Ryan Kruger. You may know him from his killer horror sci-fi film Fried Berry, which is streaming now on Shudder. When you're done with this episode, don't forget to check out my fellow horsemen of the podcast Apocalypse. Everything went black podcast, necromaniacs podcast, into the necrosphere, and the soul knocks podcast. Thanks so much and hope you enjoy. All right, Ryan, uh, thanks for being on the podcast. Cool, man. Thank you so much for, for having me. Um, how's everything your way? Yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy uh, few weeks. It's uh, also heading into winter here in uh, Cape Town in South Africa. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just came back from uh, Cannes, uh, which was first time in Cannes, which was really cool. A uh, bit of an eye opener and learned some stuff I didn't know. Let, also learned some stuff that I kind of knew already and it just like confirmed it for me. But yeah, it's always good to, uh, you know, uh, to, you know, to learn, learn new things and, uh, and, uh, meet all these different people and stuff like that. But it was awesome. It was a, it was a really good time. Yeah. That's killer. I've been, uh, I, you know, I follow you on Twitter and all that stuff and I've been seeing all your pictures from, you know, the, the film festival and stuff and it's really killer. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. And, um, yeah, I ended up uh, meeting, uh, uh, went out with like Ted Raimi for like two two nights. He did a film, uh, one film with my friend, uh, but that was awesome to meet uh, Ted Raimi and just you know chat to him and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, he's a super super nice guy. Yeah, that's good to know. I'm a big fan of his, man, and it's good to know when people you look up to are actually really cool in real life. You know? Yeah, yeah, it makes a difference. There's nothing worse when you. Uh, admire somebody or admire their work and then you meet them and then you're just like oh fuck they're, they're not nice <laughs> they're not nice people you know yeah it's a total bummer and uh, i come from like the heavy metal community and stuff before i started podcasting I, I did music for like shit 16 years maybe a little bit longer oh, cool. than that so you encounter a whole bunch of people like oh man i can't wait to meet this you know tell my meet this person here tell them how cool they are you know i appreciate their work and then you meet them and stuff and it's a total letdown <laughs> you know yeah ma- ma- many many years ago i did a it was like a three-year project where it was around like the jackass sort of time when that came out and we were filming with bands backstage bands and tour buses and in hotel rooms and we were just doing all this crazy stuff and it was very much you know in the metal scene and i met a hell of a lot of bands that I really liked and then and I'm not gonna say who, but there were some bands that I met and I'm like, fuck, they were just like super boring or just not what I expected, or some of them were rude. But majority of them were all really nice people and everything like that. But every now and then you get that, you know, you get that bad egg. Right. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot of bad eggs out there sometimes in the music community. More good than bad though, which is great, you know. And there's only a few bad bad eggs when it's compared to like other good eggs, I guess, you know. But yeah, yeah. They, they, you do come across them. Um, that's how you got your start, like doing videos, right? Was uh, music videos? Yeah, yeah. So I started. Um, you see, well, I, I started acting first, uh, and then later on, I went into to directing. So you know. Growing up, you know, I would have, my my childhood was very much like that movie, like Super Eight. Like I would shoot all these like little short films with my friends and stuff like that. There were, I must have made about three hundred of them. They were all shit, but there was always something like one little good thing in in each of them. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, later on, I started, uh, you know, getting into music videos because I thought it was a, a great platform to, you know, at least when you shoot a music video, you don't need sound. You don't have to master sound. The band already gives you the tracks. So it's m- more visuals. And I'll either do like a very visual music video or, a, you know, a narrative video for a, for a band. And then at least they've got their fan base. And uh, being in South Africa, we had like a few music channels here. So it was it was pretty easy to get a lot of these artists, um, a lot of these music videos on uh, the music channels. That's killer. And um, from my little bit of like uh, research I've been doing and stuff before the podcast, I saw you work with Slipknot at one time. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. So that was during the time with uh, when I used to film. So I didn't shoot a video for them, but we were shooting uh, all those like behind the scenes uh, things so I was mainly filming with um, uh, the DJ uh, Brewster so yeah he was awesome guy like uh, su- super super nice guy and, and that, that's why I said during that time it was all you know it was all the metal bands when they were you know at its peak you know yeah like uh, that's how that's one of the bands that kind of got me in a little bit heavier metal back when I was a teenager was Slipknot you know and then from then on it's kind of expanded on things and got heavier in my taste and all that stuff. But, you know, always, I'm always thankful for them for like kind of getting me moving forward on, you know, on heavier things. Yeah. 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 They were cool, man. It's, I must admit, it's been, a, it's been a, like, I like all genres of music, but I must admit it's been a while since I listened to, uh, you know, it's, it's only every now and then, you know, I'll, I'll listen to some metal, but it's, yeah, it's been a, it's been a while because I'm just busy working all the time and I'm just in my, bubble you know either writing or whatever but here and there i'll 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 listen to some uh like it's more like underground hardcore uh stuff from like europe or like uh like there's a there's an english band called uh, uh six foot ditch or a german band called nasty there's a few of those bands i still listen to every now and then but uh but yeah that's cool man yeah yeah, there's a I've been like forming a connection between horror and metal for a while now. Like, you know, there's a good connection there. I mean, if you listen to metal most of the time, you're going to fucking watch horror movies or, you know, vice versa. So I think that's pretty cool. They connect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, during the early 2000s, there was so many there was also so many movies that, you know, used like uh, Kill Switch Engage and, you know, all these bands, you know, for the soundtracks to some of the I think it was a Jet Li movie and then i think another one was um i think it was one of the freddy movies or something like that there was they used some of the some of their music but uh even that even that band i was talking about just now uh, six foot ditch a lot of their uh like visuals and stuff like that a lot comes from like you know horror film you know old school like 70s 80s uh horror films that's killer um you know going back to what you're saying about the freddy movie i think that was a uh, freddy versus jason because i remember being on the it, freaking yeah. soundtrack to that shit when i was a you know teenager and stuff like oh man this is fucking awesome you know then seeing the yeah. movie plus the soundtrack and for that time period it worked together so well you know yeah no definitely i think yeah i think kill switch done the it was the the main credit song i think as soon as it yeah. ended if, if i can remember right yeah, I think you were right on that one. I just remember there's a lot of kind of new metal type stuff, you know. There's just the real popular shit at the time there. And I think new metal was running rampant for the most part, you know. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Still a good movie. I mean, a lot of people don't like Freddy versus Jason. And you know, I wish fucking uh Kane was in that movie playing Jason, but 
it is what it is, unfortunately. But overall, I thought it was a fun, fun movie. It was decent. Eight. Yeah. It's not my favorite in the series or anything like that other Freddy or Jason movies, but still a fun movie. Yeah, yeah. I must admit, it's been a long time since I watched that movie. I think I think if you look at all the like the Freddy movies, um, I think I think it's one, two, and three, or just one and two are like the best. I think, mm-hmm. and then throughout. There is these that you know there is really like the film some of the films aren't great but there's some great scenes in in some of them you know what i mean right yeah like i said like the first two are my favorite as well but throughout the series none of them are really bad you know they're not great but they're all good especially uh, when it comes to special effects and all the practical effects they use in those films like fucking awesome man yeah like if you look at freddy in like one and two like some of the images of them are like really dark and really like, you know, that just the makeup that they use in the one and two and, uh, and how they shot it. It's like, yeah, it just looks way more evil and it just looks fucking cool compared to, you know, some of the other ones like later on. Right. Yeah. They kind of give Freddie more like a, a comical role in the later ones, you know, he's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is cool. I like that. It's still pretty evil because this guy's laughing at you while he's fucking doing all these bad things to you. Yeah, you know? yeah it's, exactly. It's pretty evil. So yeah. Um. So uh, your first uh, full length film was The Great Fry Berry, which I saw on the Joe Bob Briggs show in the in the last drive in. I thought that oh, was cool. fucking badass. And it, you know, it comes on a little bit later for me because you know I'm not much of a night owl anymore because of my early hours waking up in the morning and stuff for work, but. Seeing that movie at, at like eleven o'clock when I'm getting sleepy and shit, like Friedberry uh, blew my mind, man. <laughs> uh cool, man. Thanks, thanks very much. Like, s- sadly, we don't even have uh, uh, Shudder in in South Africa. Mm. So, I, it, you know, when I heard about uh, the last driving, I didn't know what it was because we we just don't get it here and. Uh, I knew like with Joe Bob, you know, back, you know, he's been like reviewing movies for like, you know, for years, but it's uh yeah, we don't get it here. So it's stuff like that where you see originally I'm from England, but the past 14 years I've been living in South Africa. So in England, you know, you would hear about everything. You would hear about all the movies and everything. And, and I think living in South Africa, you know, we haven't got these platform platforms to, you know, to show you these things. So you kind of have to like dig for it or be on the right pages, you know, to, to, to come across it. Yeah. That sucks, man. I, I know their, their reach isn't that far, you know, with Shudder, I think uh, they go up to Canada, uh, some parts of Europe and all, but it's not, I, I, I think they're going to expand eventually, hopefully, you know, cause I mean, they've only been around what, maybe five years. So hopefully they yeah, expand a little like bit, that, yeah. you know, it'd be cool that you can actually see your film, Fucking on the last drive-in because it's huge over here, man. The last drive-in's got a huge like cult following. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, what you know when it when it aired on um on the last drive-in, I didn't realize you know how how good it was for the film, and it was crazy. Like the amount of people that were uh, you know because it was on the you know the Twitter feed, and I was speaking to all these people watching it, and it just went it just went viral. It just went crazy. And uh, I found out the next day on Twitter, it was the third, uh, Fry Barry was the third most talked about thing in America on oh, the night uh, screen, which was crazy because the f- trying to keep up with the feed, I mean, it was my time. It was about 4 a.m. or something like that. And it was just going on and on and on and on. And I was like, fuck, this is, this is crazy. So I spent like 
I think it was like 4 a.m. to to uh, 10 a.m. And I just, you know, I ended up going to bed because people were still talking about it for so long and asking questions. But, it, yeah, it was such an awesome uh, experience. It was, yeah, it was great just to, you know, for all these people watching it and asking questions and talking about it and then, you know, seeing things from a different perspective of, you know, people watching it and stuff. So, it, yeah, it was it was really uh, entertaining. Yeah, that's cool. Like uh, the whole Twitter community comes together for the last drive and like, you know, every Friday everybody gets on there and we're all like a big giant group uh, community of, um, you know, Joe Bob fans are all fucking typing each other and stuff. It's really cool. And um, it, I think it reaches pretty far too with like, uh, you know, whatever films he's showing there, if you've never seen it before, like you're going to get like really good exposure off of that, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. It, it definitely, it definitely boosted the film to like another level just being on the being on that show without without a doubt it was uh yeah the feedback and everything was just great you know that's killer um how did you come up with the idea for Friedberry? um it was one of those things where you know as a as a director as a filmmaker you know picking it's so important to pick the right film to be your first film so it's, I had all these other scripts that I, you know, that I could have chose. And, I, I, you know, I was looking at all these scripts and I was thinking, shit, well, you know, which one should I do? Which one's going to stand out? Which is the one that's going to, that people are going to remember? And, I, and I, I was really finding it hard. But in 2017, I shot um, an, a short experimental film also called Fry Barry. And it was basically about a drug addict off his head in a room uh, you know, I'm watching his trip and it was almost like a drug PSA, like don't do fucking drugs. <laughs> Whoever watched it, they were like, fuck that. I'm, not, I'm never going to fucking touch drugs. If, if this, if this, what it, what it does. And so dur- during that time, I was very, uh, I was in a bit of a dark place. I went through depression, never been depressed before. And there was a load of other things that I went through. And it just got to that point where I was like, shit, I need to make a movie. Um, it's the only thing that's going to, kind of take my mind off things and and make me better so i was like cool i'm gonna make a film and then i was and then i just it, the idea just came to me and then i was just like i knew straight away even though i didn't have a script and i had all these other scripts i just knew the idea that i had it was like this will work and people will remember this and it's impossible for people not to remember this and and then within three days i wrote a 50 percent uh, scene brief breakdown uh rang my producer that I only knew for about a month. And I just said to him, yeah, I want to make this movie. and I don't want to make it next month. And he was like, well, why, you know, why do you want to make it next month? And I was like, well, if we don't make it next month, it's never going to happen. And he, he didn't know like where I was in my, you know, my headspace at the time. Cause I was just like, shit, I need to make this movie now. Or it's like game over for me. Mm-hmm. And a month later we started, we started making the movie and it was, it just came together we shot 28 days over a year and a half. And, and and I think by doing that, obviously budget constraints, but at the same time, I think it really made a big, a big difference just because, you know, we could, I could, uh, I could, uh, I could shoot, you know, I could shoot stuff, look at it, see, you know, see what else I needed. And then I can go, okay, I'm missing this or I need more, more, more of that. And 
I kind of knew where the, how the film was going to end, but it was just like filling in the gaps. And that's why I would say it's like Fry Barry is very much an experience. You got to go into it open-minded and yeah. And then just sit back and enjoy it. You know, it's, you can't like, you know, overthink it. And for me, it's always been like, uh, like a road trip movie, but without the car, but Barry's the car and you're going along on this journey as Barry or with Barry and experiencing it. I, I totally agree with that, man. It, it, like I said, it was a trippy ass experience at night and I loved it. I'm like, this is such a kind of a, a like, it's like a breath of fresh air, you know, into like the horror genre. So it, it's, I mean, it's like horror. It's also sci-fi. It's a little bit of everything combined into one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the cool thing about Fry Barry because it, it just has all those different elements. You know, it's not just horror. It has those horror elements. It has those sci-fi elements. It's got that, you know, dark humor, dark comedy. And, you know, you can't, you know, you can't take it too seriously because it's just, <laughs> it's just a batch of crazy, you know, batch of crazy movie. And that's why I said it's, it's an experience. And, it, and if you don't go into it, you know, open-minded, I think it's like, it's almost like you'll have a bad trip and you'll be like, yeah, I'm not feeling this or you'll feel it. And, and I, I really tried to make it unpredictable that you didn't know, you know, what's coming and what's next. Cause normally like when I watch films, I'm always like, okay, this is going to happen or this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And um, so to, you know, during writing, I'll be like, okay, this can't happen and this can't happen. I have to go the opposite way, you know, to keep the audience on the tiptoes and 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 so they don't expect, you know, what's going to happen next. Right. Yeah. I love that about this film too, because I'm the same way when I'm watching the movie. I'm like, well, I know this is coming up next and, you know, this is going to happen here, but with Fry Berry, you don't know what the fuck's about to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's, the, that's the fun of it. You know, that's, I think that's the the fun of the movie and it's, like for me, obviously the, the movie has a ton of, you know, seventies and eighties, you know, uh, film references, you know, throughout the film, film of movies that I loved, you know, growing up. And I was like, you know, cool. I'm going to put this reference in there. Like there's so many like Easter eggs in the movie. It's like, it's crazy. Like how many is, is actually in the film. And I think Fry Barry is one of those films where, you know, you watch it and you enjoy it. And most people go, oh, I want to watch it again because they'll pick up more stuff on the second screening. Yeah. All the like small, like I said, Easter eggs and stuff. And yeah, there's definitely a ton of things hidden in there. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was fun. And I, th I think that people that watch, you know, watch this movie, I think they can tell that we had a good time making this movie. Like we had a lot of fun making, making this film. Where did you find uh you're casting for Barry, uh, the actor Gary Green. I know you know his name, so you can't find too much about him online. But he's fucking awesome, man. <laughs> he played that role yeah. so well. So, so Gary, so I I worked with Gary years ago. It was on like um, some independent movie, and I, I had a small acting thing in it, and Gary had like a small acting thing in it, and um, and then from there, you know, I started putting him in like music videos and short films, and just you know, small little feature parts. Cause I just love, I loved his look. Like I, I did characters and he's just got this very like unique look. And, uh, and that's why eventually I shot that uh, short experimental Fry Barry before the feature 
And I'm like, cool, I want to do this thing. And because Gary comes back, comes from an extra background. So he's normally just extra, you know, he's just a guy in the background walking past. And he's also one of those guys that are just trying to, you know, trying to get a bit of screen time <laughs> the whole time. And, and that's why when I thought of this idea, because he's not an actor and because he's not trained, uh, it had to be the perfect story. It would have to be, you know, the perfect character. It would have to be the perfect way to shoot the film and this and this. And that all was a part of like the concept uh, to to pull it off, you know, as a movie. Uh, and that's why with me, like when he, I knew he wasn't going to have a lot of dialogue because he's meant to be this alien. So it was just, it was just that I had to show his character before he turned into the alien and that was very important. And then when he was an alien and he mimics, uh, you know, lines off other people, I'm like, it's okay if it sounds bad, the line delivery, because he's a fucking alien. So it doesn't matter. So, <laughs> so as long as it, uh, you know, when he would repeat somebody's line and it sounded a bit offbeat, it worked because he's a fucking alien. Right. So it was all these little things that, you know, that uh, went hand in hand. And uh, but because Gary's got this very unique look and, uh, you know, crazy character face, he was just absolutely perfect for the role. And there was a lot of improv uh, in the movie uh, with a lot of the other actors. But with Gary, I had to work with him super, super closely because, as I said, he's not a trained actor. So I, I had to work with him super closely where I didn't even tell him what we were shooting until 40 minutes before because I didn't want him to prep anything. I didn't want him to try learn anything. And then it would take me longer to get what I want out of them. So it was a very big process thing that I had to do every day uh, on set with him. And uh, the interesting thing was a lot of the time he was, you know, his character is, you know, he's like this kid. He's like soaking up all this, you know, the experience of meeting all these people and, copying these people and uh, mimicking them. And then when it came to directing, it was quite funny because I'd be on the side of the camera asking Gary to, you know, copy my face and do this face and do that face. And uh, cause at the same time I'm busy editing, you know, I'm, uh, cause I shoot for the edit. So I'm busy editing the movie in my head where I'm like, okay, cool. I've got this reaction off Gary. I've got that reaction off Gary now. And then when I do the reverse on the other guy, I know that I've got all the beats from Gary. So it looks like he's hitting <laughs> all these, the beats uh, as, as we went, all these like comedy beats. Uh, but again, Gary did amazingly. Nobody, even if I got the best actor in the country to, um, you know, to do this role, they wouldn't have done it as, as great as Gary did. So it, Gary had a lot of patience and he had a, he was always willing to do another take and he worked super hard and nobody, you know, this role was made for him. No, nobody could have done this role. And and I think he, he did such a, such an amazing job. Yeah, totally agree. Like he is, he is Barry, you know, <laughs> like there's no, yeah. doubt in that. He, he is Barry in many ways in real, in real life as well. But, uh, but he's uh yeah, he's a, he's a character. He's a, he's a super, He's a super nice guy. It's it's just like I said, the character and everything. It just it literally just went hand in hand, and uh, it worked. You know, it, it, like I said, it just had to be that perfect perfect story to, to to shoot and the perfect character for it to you know for it to work. 
What are some of the, um, like you said, you're talking about the older films and all, what are, what are some of the older films that influence this film for you? Um, I could, well, it's a, oh, there's a bunch. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's E.T., you know, there's uh, John Carpenter's Starman. Um, you know, there's uh, One Flew the Cuckoo's Nest, obviously, with the, uh, you know, the when they break out of the, out of, out of the, the the mental asylum, mm-hmm. uh, but there's yeah, there's a ton of those great eighties. Like I, I love like eighties films. Even you know, looking at the grade and, and and the music and everything, there was just so many references of of uh, like for me. Like I mean, I'm 38 now, so like in the eighties and early nineties, you know, I'll be sitting up in my in my room watching all these like films on VHS or late night movies, and it's just you know, I wanted a kind of recreate some of that feeling and and uh and you know even though fry barry's pretty crazy there's, there's still like a lot of heart in the movie you know there's 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 still like quite a bit of heart in the movie and you know with his wife and you know and how uh you know he develops where he's actually a fucking nicer person as an alien than he was as a you know as the human mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, most definitely. And um, I'm we're around the same age and I think I'm a year younger than you. And um, yeah, the, the 80s and like the VHS tapes and all there's something magical about fucking watching, you know, horror films on VHS or any film really, like this the way they load the graininess of it. This, you know, this seems almost forbidden, you know, like it hides a lot of the uh, like imperfections that you see nowadays with like HD stuff where you can't really hide. Oh, yeah. Well know? that's that's the thing when you watch some of these movies now in HD. I hate it. I think it looks mm. like terrible. Like I remember my, my one friend spent a fortune buying this high definition TV and I sat in his house and he was watching like the fucking Hobbit or some shit like that. And it was just so sharp and clean that it it all, almost makes it look cheap. You right. know, it almost makes it look so cheap and it doesn't look like a film and, it, and films weren't designed to look like that. It's almost like you're watching like a theater play, <laughs> you know, on the TV screen. It's like, it's just weird. And uh, yeah, it's just not what films are meant to look like. It just changes the lighting. It changes, yeah, it just changes a lot. And that's why, you know, we always say like, you know, you know, it's the dying breed now, but like, or you know all those movies back then they were all shot on film mm-hmm. so you know there's a certain look and and feel and that i think that was a, also a, like a big you know a big part of it you know that all these movies were shot on film and like you said like you know when you were younger you'd get that vhs of you know the nightmare on elm streets or like killer tomatoes or you know you'd be in the video shop and you'd be like oh that you, you, like you wouldn't even read the box you would just go oh that front cover looks fucking amazing I'm going to rent that. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to watch that. And, um, and I think, um, you know, the way things are right now, it's, it's, it's just so different from when we were like kids. Cause I mean, like for me, it would be like a Friday or Saturday night and my dad would take us to the video shop and it would be me and my brother. My mom would stay at home because my mom knew we're going to be in there for a fucking few hours. You know, we're going to be in there for like a few hours. And then we would, you know, we would, my brother would look for some films. I would look for some films. My dad would look for some films. And then, and then we would narrow it down. And then sometimes if you were lucky, your dad would go, all right, you can have two. And you'd be like, oh my God, we can have two. And then we would pick, pick whatever. And then now 
when you look at these kids now, you know, there's so many people that don't even go on like other platforms and they'll just like watch Netflix. And mm-hmm. the crazy thing about like Netflix and stuff like that is that there's so many movies that are just lost in time now for, you know, for a new generation of people, because if it's not on Netflix, you know, how are they going to hear about it? How are they going to dig, dig up and look for these movies? They're just like, Oh, whatever, whatever's on the, they'll watch. And then you'll have like a few films every now and then on Netflix that will be like ET or back to future or jaws. And then they take it off. So it's all these movies that we love, uh, you know, because we watched them when we were kids, but all these people won't even know, you know, what these films are. Right. And they just get lost in time, which is like, you know, it's just not, it's, it's not the same as it used to be. Because when we used to watch the, you know, it's like going to the cinema, you watch the trailers. It was exactly the same as VHS. You would, mm-hmm. you know, you'd stick, stick the video uh, in and you would watch, you know, like 10, 10 trailers and you'd be like, oh, cool. I'm going to watch that. And we're going to rent that out. When's, when's that coming out? And that was it. That's, you know, that's how it worked. Yeah, I miss that so much. <laughs> I know it's nostalgia too, playing a big part of it, but still, I think it was a magical experience going down to like uh, Blockbuster, National Video, Hollywood Video, you name it. Any of those video stores we had around, like um, going there, picking out your movie and stuff. And luckily, I didn't have any like restrictions. I could rent rated R, whatever I wanted to rent. It didn't matter. Yeah, most of the time, me and my dad watch these movies together. So, and if he didn't, I, I could still watch what I wanted. So, I thought that was pretty cool when I was a kid, but. It's just something like super magical about that, man. Like you got to actually go in the fucking store, you know, and, you know, look at the cool box art and all that shit and pick out what you want. It's, I don't know. There's, there's Right now, everything's just so sterile, you know? Yeah, it's just not the same. But that, that that's what I'm saying. It was a part of it was a part of the experience of watching the movie, just like picking them out and all that. It was just a part of, you know, all that. And that's why, like with Fry Barry, you know, like so in England, so at the beginning of Fry Barry, you've got the age restriction thing at the very beginning. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember that. Yeah. So the the uh, so in England, every single video that you rented out, there was a guy sitting there, very much like the reference that I put in there, and it would be this guy going, "This film is rated eighteen. That means anybody below that age can't watch this movie." And it would be it would be this whole thing. So whether you're with your friends or with your family, it was always a thing where you you would you you've heard it so many times that you would you that you would uh talk along with it or you would just fast forward it and it was always a big thing so that's why i kind of put that in there for like growing up watching vhs's in in the uk it was always that age restriction thing at the beginning and then and then obviously uh you know the the halfway point in in fry barry you've got the you know you've got the halfway break um you know, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the film, where it says like popcorn and hot dogs and and yeah. whatever. You know, we had that intermission, and obviously, you know, you used to always get the intermissions at the cinema. And now, I think the funny thing is now the films are longer than they've ever been, and right. there's still no intermissions anymore. Well, we don't get it over here, that's for sure. So the like movies are longer now, but there's no intermissions. Yeah, I think the last the last Batman film was like over two hours. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, like, these, that's a long yeah, fucking time. Only like two and a half hours, three hours, and there's no intermission whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a long time, dude, to be sitting there and like, man, you know, a break would be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. You like, you sit there and you're like, oh, I, I really need a Coke now, or I really need a drink, or 
or I want to grab a snack and then you can't because you're going to miss something. So you just end up staying there, let alone if you need the toilet, you're fucked. So you just have to sit there and like watch this whole thing until it's done. I got to say, I'm not a fan of these super long movies that have been coming out for a few years now. I'm more of like a 90 minute, you know, get in, get done, like get the story out and all that stuff. Like don't drag on with shit, you know, and these yeah, long yeah. movies are kind of hard to get. Sometimes I, most time I just watch them in parts. I'm like, I, I'm not sitting here for two and a half hours straight, you know, like I'm yeah, it, it has to be. I mean, there's a lot of people that do it now, but I mean, you have, to, I mean, you have to be like Christopher Nolan or, or, or like Scorsese to be able to pull it off. But saying that, I mean, Scorsese's last film I felt was like way too fucking long. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, it does happen now. And some of these like Marvel movies as well, they're like, yeah, they're just like super, you know, super long. And and that's why I think, I mean, even, you know, I can't remember the runtime on Fry Barry, but even sometimes, you know, I look at Fry Barry now, you know, once you've, I mean, you spend so much time in post and editing and music, and there's at some point you you know you got to walk away and, and walk away with a product, but even sometimes now I look at Fry Barry and I go, I reckon I could have shaved like twenty minutes off that, you know here and there. I'm like, uh, maybe it's just me thinking that. I mean, some people always say, oh, go super quick, super fast, but uh, when it's your own work, I think sometimes I'm like, oh, I could I could have trimmed, shaved a bit here, shaved a bit there, just to make it that like twenty minutes shorter, you know. I, th- I think too with fry berry like it, it it goes so like it's, it's such like a, a trip you know it's like a mental trip like the time just flies by watching it, it doesn't drone on you know yeah yeah so i think it says it's an hour and 39 minutes it's what uh the internet movie database says so I, I think to me that's perfect i mean that's cool like when you go over two hours and longer is just i don't know it becomes a bit of a pain yeah you, you might as well make it you, you might as well make it a series then like a mini series or some shit yeah no yeah i I think it'll be better that way it would keep me more engaged you know like break it up a little bit for me make it you know feel a little bit more special than one whole fucking sitting of that you know for that damn long you know yeah i, I remember um i think it was june i watched june and uh I think that's like two and a half hours, but that mm-hmm. felt like so fucking long. It just, it just felt like so long sitting in the cinema watching that. I was like, shit, this ne- this film's never going to fucking end. <laughs> Originally, if I'm not mistaken, that was supposed to be a mini series, and then um, they ended up making it. They're going to make it in like a movie series. But from what I remember hearing about it before it came out, I was like, oh, this can be like a a mini series type thing and you know this and that and i guess they changed it and this made in like they're gonna what do three long ass movies or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah you see like the original june for me as a kid like i loved like the effects and the and the the costume and everything like that was awesome and it was really good but i always still had like a love and hate relationship with it when i, when I was a kid because it was so long i would like always fall asleep watching it so I thought maybe when they redid them now, I think I thought they maybe would have like modernized it a bit more with like the action and stuff like that. But it's, it's, yeah, it's very much, um, yeah, it was, they, they kept to quite, quite a bit of the original, you know, in the sense of the, you know, how long it was and all that. And it's not really about the action and it's not really about, you know, there's a lot of like, you know politics in it really if you really think about it yeah. and stuff like that so it's i mean it's, it's like blade runner like i love blade runner and i, I really enjoyed the the new one 
Mm-hmm. And I think that if you don't know Blade Runner, um, like the kids of today, if you don't know Blade Runner and you see the front cover and you think, oh, okay, Harrison Ford there and Ryan, Ryan Gosling there and there's a gun on it, oh, it's going to be action and Blade Runner's not action. You know, but people that don't know that they they probably expect like some action or whatever, and it's Blade. You know, knowing Blade Runner, it's it's not about that. You know, yeah, definitely not. You're, you're gonna be uh you're gonna be disappointed if you're going in for like an action movie, and watching either of the Blade Runner films. You know, yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I really enjoyed the the new one, and I mean, even even the original is just. Yeah, the way it was shot and Rutger Hauer and everybody it was just like awesome. And the soundtrack is fucking amazing. Oh, Both yeah. soundtracks were great, but the original is like awesome. I think that's such a big part in the movie. And I, I always say to people, you know, if you you know if you take uh, Vangelis off the original, it wouldn't be the same film. It no. would be a completely different feel and different movie. And and that's why, like for me, uh, working with Hazer doing the soundtrack for Fry Barry, it was so important to have this feel and and vibe throughout the film that it's that you know it sets it sets the tone of the film and it's like super important and i I think i think there's quite a lot of filmmakers out there that forget how important music is you know for certain scenes and and to set a tone to you know to scenes or, or the overall movie i think it's so important and and also it's very hard to find somebody who's you know really amazing at what they do that you can either afford or get hold of to actually do it instead you know and actually score in your movie instead of finding like a bunch of tracks and trying to put it over your movie you know right yeah soundtrack plays a big part in a a good movie to me like if it's got a shitty soundtrack it might look fantastic or whatever but it it takes me out a bit you know yeah i mean there was a there was a series i was watching not so long ago it was that i think it was like a korean a zombie thing in a school and it was really cool it was like a, it was a cool series uh but some of the music that they used in that film uh, in the series was just odd and i'm like why are they using this it's just it just sounded like so abstract to what you're actually watching and then some of the other music was fine it was just every now and then there was some songs in there that was just like it was very abstract to you know what you were actually watching um, speaking of series with uh, really good soundtracks that really engage you, uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, "Too Old to Die Young" came out in 2019. Uh, I don't. It sounds familiar. I don't know if it, uh, it's a Nicholas Redfin movie. Uh, I don't think so. I don't. I can't remember. I would have to see like the images, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I saw that." <laughs> What's well, uh, streaming on Prime, man? I highly recommend that one. It's it's fucking so good. If you're if you're a fan of like Drive, you know, Bahala Rising, you know those films and stuff. It's oh, got yeah. that same feel. It's just fucking slow, brooding, fucking dark, and has a really great like dark synth soundtrack to it. You know, and just yeah, complements yeah, cool. the visuals so well, man. It's so fucking good. It's a mini series too. So, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll check it. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Yeah, because I think uh, Drive is another good example of how well a soundtrack can impact a film. Because without the soundtrack, yeah. Drive wouldn't be what it was, which is one of my favorite films. But without that cool soundtrack, it'd be a different movie. Yeah, absolutely. Completely. Yeah, completely different. I think that the amount of people that went out and, and bought that soundtrack after Drive, they must, they, they must have made a shitload of money off that. 
Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, and that film there kind of got me um, into more like synth music and stuff, you know, like mostly metal is what I listen to, but I also like a lot of synth stuff. Uh, like Drab Majesty was a big one that, you know, got, I got, well, this film here got me down that road to, you know, listen to Drab Majesty a few years later, but those type of bands, you know, I, I really like the dark synthy stuff. Cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that's why you look at like John Carpenter, you know, doing, you know, all his, you know, his music that he did for, you know, a lot of a lot of his films. And uh, quite a few years ago, I watched him. Uh, yeah, I watched him live, you know, performing his music in uh, in Liverpool in England. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was awesome just to just to, you know, stand there and listen to all that music from like, you know, Big Trouble Little China or Christine or anything like that. Oh, it was amazing. It was so good. Oh, I bet that was killer to see him live. I, I love listening to him on a... I listen to him on Spotify after it was like, you know, mix all his stuff up on one playlist or whatever and just let it roll and it's so fucking good. Mm. Yeah, legend legend man. 70s, 80s, his movies were was the bomb. They were fucking great. Yeah, he's one of the best ever. I mean, him, Wes Craven, I mean, and then Mick Garris, you know, I consider him up in there with them. And yeah, yeah. Toby Hooper, all these are like the fucking legends and greats, and you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I th- that's the, I, I think that's the thing with films now. I mean, back you see when I was a, when I was a kid, t- at least from when I started watching films t- to about ninety eight, I watched most of everything. You know, from like 50s, 60s, 70s, eighties, all the way up to nineties. Uh, I saw most like fucking everything, and um, and then after ninety eight, it was just it was just an overload from then of like so many films like that get made now. I, I, I mean, it's like, even in the past 10 years, it's impossible to watch everything now. There's just oh, so yeah. much content. And I think the thing with that is there's more shit movies than ever than oh, good yes, movies. Yes. We, we, like without a doubt. I mean, I, I sit there and I watch, you know, five, 10 minutes of movie and I'm like, okay, this is crap. I can't watch it. And I'll turn it off and I'll end up going, always going back to old movies, no matter how many times that I've seen them, it's, it's still good. I still enjoy it. And I can literally, you know, whether it's the fly or total recall or the burbs or something like that, I can always stick it on. I'm like, Oh, I'm excited to watch this again, even though I've seen it like a thousand times, I'm still happy and I'm still excited to, to to watch this movie and sit there and enjoy it and laugh. Yeah, it still brings back those feelings because I've been on a 90s kick and like going back to the 90s. It, like I come home from work, uh, watch some X-Files or something, then turn on Seinfeld <laughs> and then I do like yeah. a 90s movie. Like I did uh, Predator 2 the other, uh, last weekend or whatever. And it, it still feels the same way when I first saw Predator 2 watching it now. I fucking still love that film. It's still fucking amazing, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, dude, they just they just don't make movies like they used to. You see, back then, this is why I always say it was it was eighty percent in camera, twenty percent visual effects, and now it's eighty percent visual effects and twenty percent in camera. That's right. literally what it is now. It's literally the, the the complete fucking opposite, which is crazy. Yeah, it, it, I totally feel that. Like mostly things nowadays are extreme CGI. Which, when used properly, I mean, it looks all right. But I still, I'm a fan of like old school practical stuff and like yeah, you know, that's the action, best one. Real action. Yeah. yeah, 
That's why I love the old like '90s fucking uh, action films too. Anything with like Arnold in there, you know, or uh, Sylvester Stallone, that, those kind of things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's still fucking gold, you know. Yeah, exactly. And that they're, they're been and gone now. That's that's the that's the sad thing. It's like, yeah, back then it was just you know a certain time and feel. But like you said, it was all it was all in camera, and that's why, you know, I think it was what around '97, '98. You know, the Mummy came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there watching that, and there was that, that one shot of the mummy where he stands there and he shouts and his jaw opens up. But the effects they weren't good. And you look oh. at it and you go, Well, that doesn't look real. But then if it doesn't look real, then then what is it? You know? And right. then it kind of like it kind of like put you know puts to you kind of puts you off because that's why like with prosthetics or looking at like Terminator one where, you know, he's looking in the mirror and he's taking his eyeball out and it's like animatronics or prosthetics and you look at it and, it, and there's a creepiness to it, yeah. you know, and it, it just has that feel. And then now, you know, the visual effects are better than ever now, but there's nothing that surprises us. We've seen, we've seen the spaceships, we've seen the aliens, we've seen the, you know, we've seen, we've seen, we've seen everything. We've seen the robots. We've seen, we've seen literally nothing can like shock us or surprise us. And then now when there is bad visual effects in big movies, which still exist, right. it's just like, there's no fucking excuse why, why it, it would look shit. You know what I mean? So there's no excuse. Like you've got the money to do it. Why doesn't it look real? You know, I was surprised. I think it was one of the last like Terminator films uh, I watched the, some of the visual effects in that were like, bad you know even one of the new jurassic park i don't know which one it was but some of the effects were terrible didn't didn't look real like whatsoever yeah yeah definitely with the new jurassic park films i I don't even like them i I like the first two the third one's okay but it started to go downhill in the third one and then after that all these brand new ones with the everything super i mean the dinosaurs have been they've always been cgi but it just seems like now it's like everything's cgi in the jurassic park things and look i don't know they look fake yeah, well, that, well, that's what, well, that's this is what doesn't make sense. But I suppose it's the director as well. So I mean, you look at the first Jurassic Park, and it's a mixture of uh, animatronics, prosthetic, you know, animatronics and prosthetics, and and a mixture of like CGI, and it looks fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, then they make Jurassic Park three, it gets a little bit shitter, and it's you know, time goes on, and it's been like fucking twenty years you know, since then, or if not more, but you look at it and you go, the, the effects have actually got worse. Like what the mm-hmm. fuck is happening? Why, why, why is the first one look, look absolutely amazing. And then it just got worse over the years. It's it's like, it doesn't, doesn't really make sense. Yeah. I seen the trailer to the brand new one. that's about to come out and, um, you know, the Raptors jump around chasing the dude down the street or whatever. I'm like, man, those are like shit compared to the first movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know? It's like how you're dealing with like, fucking billion dollar budget or something like that compared to you know what the other one was you know it's probably twice the budget of the first film and it's, yeah. it looks worse That's crazy yeah it doesn't doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense I, I also still love going back and watching the first jurassic park i do at least once or twice a year man it's still so yeah same good. that's great man even the the pace of that when you look at movies like jurassic park or terminator 2 or aliens and the pace of the movie, or even like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and you, you, you look at the pace of the movie, and it's fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like, 
as an audience, just watching that movie and all the different things that are happening, like it's fucking brilliant. Like the music, everything. It's just like they just it's just so hard to like make a movie like that. I mean, how many aliens films have have there been since then? And they just they just they'll never make it better than aliens. Oh they no, won't. not at all. Can't. You know, they just can't. They can't make it. no matter who fucking does it, they're just not gonna make it the same. No, not at all. And another thing too with these older films from you know the 90s and 80s and all that stuff, we didn't have cell phones. <laughs> and that's a big fucking thing for me. Like I'm always constantly looking on my phone. Oh, somebody tweeted this. Oh, I need to respond back to this person. I fucking, you know, my attention spans all fucked up because of these cell phones. You know, it's my fault because you know I'm the one, you know, keep grabbing the phone and looking at it and all that shit. But we didn't have that bad then, so we couldn't, you know, engage that much more, you know. Yeah. Well, that's what I, I was saying to like other filmmakers not so long ago. You see, what was crazy when you would make a film or a commercial or whatever, you know, you would plan it. And on the day, this is what we're going to shoot. And that's what it was planned and everything was set for that day. And now that doesn't exist. And because of the Internet and because of the um, cell phones and, you, you know, you can do a Zoom meeting, you can speak to somebody, you know, and, and, and everything is changing constantly you know clients will be like oh we don't want this now we want this we we instead of the red car we want a blue car instead of this location we want that location and everything is changing constantly right up to the day before filming and it must be way more stressful for like producers now um trying to organize shit than it was back in the day Oh, yeah, I guarantee that. I mean, you can't really plan ahead if you're fucking constantly changing things up like that on the spot. Yeah, and that's it's crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, also, another retro film I watched um, from the 90s was uh, Ben Horizon, man. That's one of my favorite sci-fi horror films. It may be my favorite sci-fi horror film. You know, it changes time to time. But God damn, it still holds up so well. Yeah. Well, you see, the only thing I don't like about Ben Horizon, I loved it when it came out. I also bought the soundtrack. Mm. It's just some of the CGI in that movie of like the outside of the ship with like the spaceships and stuff is not so good. Everything yeah, else is yeah. amazing. I love everything else is amazing. I love, I love the all the makeup and everything in it. It's like it's such an awesome film. Great soundtrack as well. It was such a yeah, such a uh, great film. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, yeah, the the practical stuff holds up really well. I mean, it's basically Hellraiser in space, you know, and what yeah, yeah, exactly. Hellraiser That's in space. What it is. Yeah. yeah, I fucking love it, man. I I posted that on Twitter the other day, and like, it got so many goddamn retweets. Like, people are like, oh, I remember that movie. I love that movie. Like, there's a giant fan base for that movie. And, it, and if I'm not mistaken, I think that was the director's favorite. I mean, that was a direct my favorite thing that director ever did. So after that, I think he went on to do like the Resident Evil movies, which I never really liked because it wasn't nothing like the game. <laughs> you know, uh, shit. was the, was that the same director as Resident Evil? If I'm Evil? not mistaken, I think that was a uh, uh, Anderson. Yeah, yeah double checking that right now and i don't want to get any uh, false information up there Zach <laughs> here yeah it was uh paul ws anderson and he did uh the resident evil movies and he also did uh mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh shit man yeah he had his time then he or he's, he's had <laughs> he had he had his time yeah because yeah. event horizon it beats beats all the rest of his movies like out the water completely yeah i'm looking at a list of his other stuff um only other thing that came close to Event Horizon was a uh, Pandorum. If you've never seen that one before, it came out two thousand nine. Yeah. That that was a pretty killer, like sci-fi yeah. horror action. Yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah, 
I don't know what the fuck happened with the Resident Evil movies, man. I'm like, have you ever played the game? And he says he has, you know, but I just, I don't know. Maybe something happened in production. They didn't want it like the game was, but. Yeah. I th- I th- from what I remember, I think the first one was good. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil, if I can remember right. I only watched it once. And then, yeah, I think after that, it just, I mean, these, I think they shot one or two of them here in South Africa as well. Mm. But I remember that one of the ones that they shot in South Africa, I watched it and I was just like, Nah, it just wasn't uh, wasn't the best. <laughs> and there's so much good material with the Resident Evil games to make a, a killer film off of. Like the last one they did, Village, man, that, that'd be a fucking badass film. All anyone would be badass film, just you know, on the actual game material itself. Like that's your film right there, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's. It, I always say like making a film is like baking a cake. You got to have the right ingredients. You got to have the right people on board to be able to do you know what you want to do you know to make it to make it right and then obviously you'll always get like the studio saying uh, they want this or it's easier to get um to put visual effects in there or whatever and it's just make things smoother i guess in the process of filmmaking but you know sometimes you got to go that extra mile to make you know the vision of you know what you want to make and what you want to try either replicate or to get the right feel and the right tone of, of something that you want to make. Cause it can easily go, go wrong in, in many, in many ways. Oh yeah. Well, the last thing I want to talk to you about, man, is uh, I hear you are heading up the street trash remake. Yeah. So I can't say too much uh, about it, but uh, basically uh, we, we got approached. Um, they have the rights of uh, street trash and, and the, these producers, uh, Matt and Justin, they basically contacted me and they were like, dude, we uh, we saw Fry Barry. We really enjoyed it. We think you'd be an awesome uh, director and writer to to do Street Trash. And uh, and as a kid, I, uh, you know, obviously I saw Street Trash. I was like, oh, this is pretty, this is pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. And something that I would never would have expected at all. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then we... We went to Cannes uh, Frontiers to uh, just as a bonus extra thing to pitch uh, to like all these investors to uh, yeah to shoot the new Street Trash movie. So the script's already done and everything like that. But uh, yeah, it's coming together very nicely, and we'll probably um, announce uh, some stuff soon. But yeah, we made a, a little concept approval, a little scene. Uh, heavy on prosthetics and stuff like that and you know obviously i'm going to do everything in camera and it's going to be very 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 minimal uh visual effects and yeah everything's just going to be in in camera but it's for me it's uh it's more of i call it a a reimagining of the original Mm -hmm. uh because it's it's going to be its own beast you know i don't want to the original is what it is and it's a, you know it's a great film and I don't want to copy it in any way, but it still has you know the DNA from the original, but at the same time it's going to be its own you know its own thing as well. So, and that's why I, I don't call it like a, a remake or a reboot. It's it, you know it's going to be its own own thing and then like a new story and stuff like that. 
That's killer, man. Yeah, I like how you're going to do your own thing with it, too. And that's cool because, you know, the original is it's great. It's kind of a horror masterpiece for some people. Some people don't like street trash because, you know, it's pretty you got some fucked up shit in it, you know, but I enjoy street trash a lot. I thought it was a great film. So it's cool. You're doing like a reimagining of it, like in your way. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, I'm, I'm never like a uh, big on like remakes or reboots. You know, the, you know, the original film is great how it is. It's, it's, it was, you know, it was made at a, a, a certain time of cinema and, you know, and, you know, a lot of people that love street trash is, you know, they love all the, the melts and the prosthetics and stuff like that, you know, and, and even that film had a very loose, you know, story, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, some of the acting were, you know, wasn't great in the movie, but there was, you know, there was a few characters there that were really good and r- really great. And, um, but it's one of those things. It's just like, you, it's, it was a great film, you know, for its time. And it's still a great film now looking back on it, even with the the camera work and all the steady cam work and everything like that was awesome. It was great. So, and that's why I'm like, you know, I'll leave that how it, how it is. It's perfect the way it was made. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to change things up and give it a bit of a different flavor and, um, but still have that bit of DNA from the, from the original and, uh, yeah, and just do my, do my own thing. That's going to be killer. That's something definitely to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we've got, we've got a great team together to do this film. So I'm very, very much, uh, looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, I hope, uh, do, do it some justice and, uh, and, and make another, and make another cool film. <laughs> do you have any other uh, projects you can talk about that you're working on now or that could be coming out sooner than this or maybe something for the future? Or... Yeah, there's, well, there's a, there's a few films now. I mean, when I went to Cannes now, it was such a game changer of um, the, like the amount of people that knew Fry Barry was, was amazing. And, um, and I think, you know, from from that, like some of the meetings that I've had, we've got a few a few films uh, lined up. Um, so some are um, a lot of them are like you know very genre movies, some are horror, and um, yeah, that's all I can really say. I can't really say too much until uh, until we start uh, shooting. But um, yeah, um, you must keep a lookout for it. And um, there's going to be some cool films, some. Uh, um, some crazy, if you like Fry Barry, you'll, I think you'll definitely like, you know, Street Trash. And then some of the others are just different. Cause at the same time as a filmmaker, I, you know, I always say Fry Barry is what it is. It's, it, it, I made it in every way for it to be the way it is. Mm. You know, I made it for a certain audience and stuff like that. So at the same time, you know, I also want to make very different films. Like I do like, the darker side of cinema and stuff like that, but I still got to make, you know, uh, different types of films. Uh, otherwise I think, you know, producers and stuff, they look at you and they go, ah, oh, he can only do that. He can't do anything else. You know, he can only do that. So I think it's, you know, like, like if you look at like Danny Boyle, you know, Danny Boyle, you know, he's done train spotting, but he also did the beach and he also did 28 days later. And he also did sunshine, all mm-hmm. great films and all very, very different, you know? That's killer, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to everything you do. I'm like, I love Fry Barry. I love your, 
I love your take on what you're doing here. Something different. It's like a, like I said, breath of fresh air. So I, this is really cool and good to hear. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks so much. I, I, I just think like we live in the day and age now where um, everybody's, you know, everybody's like, you can't say this, you can't say that, you can't do this, you can't do that. And and I think with Fry Barry, I think there was there was a lot in that movie that was quite like bold. Mm-hmm. That I was just like, you know, like I'm not like I'm not worried about, you know, what people think or what people, you know, the, the, you know, the, there can be things in Fry Barry that people can pick at and say, oh, that's uh, offensive or that's this, and I'm and at the same time I'm like, it's a fucking movie, yeah, you know. If you don't like it, don't watch it. But it's it's you know it's just a movie. These these characters do exist in the world, and you know there is these type of people in the world. I just think the day and age that we live in now, people are far too touchy, far they get far too uh, offended over the most stupidest things. And I think uh, I think it's dangerous in cinema where more people are going, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, because if we keep doing that, before we know it it's not even going to be something that you would even think about cutting out of a movie or be something so stupid because it's got ridiculously worse over the, over the years and people mm. are just too picky with things. So, I mean, it, you know, it, it, if you look at it, like a lot of the movie movies that were made in the eighties that were rated 18, all those films now, they would never be rated 18. They'll be rated like 15 or like 12, mm-hmm. you know? It's it's a completely different setup now for for age restrictions and stuff like that. And then there's the other things that people just get offended by, and they're like, no, 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 you, you're gonna have to cut that out, or yeah, or that's too offensive. And I'm like, fuck, it's 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 just a movie, it's just a joke. Right. You know, yeah. you know sometimes you got to see the, you know, every you know everybody's been through it where you know you laugh at something that you know you're not supposed to laugh at, but it's funny. Mm-hmm. But now everybody's like, I, I, I don't know if it's right for me to laugh. And I'm like, fucking hell, it's just like, just sit back and enjoy. And if you laugh, it's okay. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean that. It's just like, it's sense of humor. It's, it's, uh, you know, clearly, you know, there's some people out there that, um, you know, don't have a sense of, a sense of humor on right. something or just get it, gets offended over the silliest things. But that's, uh, I guess that's just the way uh, the world is these days. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely not the '80s or '90s anymore. Things have changed, exactly. man. Like, yeah, uh, but well, Ryan, it's been fucking great talking with you. And like I said, I appreciate you talking with me. And um, yeah, and I can't wait to see all the new stuff you're working on, and especially treat, uh, street trash. That's gonna be great. So you got my support. Oh, amazing, man. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed Fry Barry and uh, looking forward to uh, Street Trash. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for, for having me. Excellent, Ryan. And I hope you have a good uh, rest of your day. Cool, man. You too. Thanks so much. Take it easy. Cheers, dude.